This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. Keep listening for actionable tips and tricks to incorporate eco-friendly practices into your daily life. We've been featured by Apple as the number one podcast for conscious consumers, and we can't wait to welcome you into our community of changemakers. I'm Lisa. And I'm Laura. We're the founders of Brightly.eco, the new platform for conscious consumers. We believe in supporting all creatures, great and small. And our team of experts show you how to live and shop responsibly by sharing world-changing lifestyle ideas, products, and more. To read show notes from Good Together and to browse all of the planet-friendly goodness that we feature, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. And to help spread the word about the podcast, tap on this episode and share Good Together with your friends and family. A simple text message helps us grow and create change around the world. This episode is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. Laura, you've probably heard me talk all the time about my love for Sheets and Giggles. I've been sleeping on their new sustainable eucalyptus sheets for the past eight months straight. I recommend them a thousand percent. Every week I wash them and put them back on the bed right away. They're my go-to sheets. All of my other sheets, even the ethical ones, are taking a long break. After hearing you rave about them for so long, Lisa, I finally got a chance to try their new eucalyptus comforter. So I'm a weirdo. I really like having a comforter on my bed all the time, even when we have the heat blasting. I haven't woken up once hot while I was using this one from Sheets and Giggles. It's a great ethical and sustainable alternative to the down comforter we used to use that's now sitting on our guest bed. Another thing I love about Sheets and Giggles is that they don't use plastic packaging and the materials don't use pesticides, so they're kind to our animal and insect friends. They also plant a tree for each sheet set that is sold, and they are passionate about giving back. They give 10% off to customers who donate their old sheets to homeless shelters, and they have donated over $40,000 to Colorado COVID relief. Good Together listeners get 15% off by using the code BRIGHTLYECO at SheetsGiggles.com. It's time to guac about avocados. In today's episode, Lisa and I started off trying to answer a simple question. Is our love for avocados bad for the environment? Like most of the topics we cover on Good Together, the answer is not a simple yes or no, but the good news is, while avocados might not be as sustainable as you originally thought, Don't worry, they're more eco-friendly than meat options. In today's episode, we get into the avocado supply chain, ways to better use them before they go bad, and more. This is a super fun episode. I know you're going to love it. To see show notes, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. All right, you ready to guac about avocados? (laughs) (laughs) I love that, you and your... Buns. Yes, yeah, yeah. very cool topic today. Uh, we are talking all about avocados. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love avocados? Actually, there are people like that. Um, they are. They do have a specific, um, you know, kind of texture, but most people like avocados, right? Come on, guacamole. <laughs> 
Exactly. Holy moly, guacamole. Uh, so, yeah, Laura, well, do we want to kind of tell um, our listeners why we are suddenly talking about avocados specifically uh, during this episode? And why yeah, not? absolutely. I mean, I think it started off where we were brainstorming ideas around the Super Bowl. We recognize the Super Bowl has already happened at the time we released this. But, um, you know, people were talking a lot about like eating during these parties. Granted, yes. it is still COVID. Yeah, don't Hopefully forget about that. Doing crazy, crazy parties. Um, so that kind of came up as an interesting topic around, you know, just avocados. Well, then we posted a video on social and like, you know, tell folks what happened then. That was crazy. Yes, we found this amazing avocado saving tip because, yeah, one thing like personally, I've kind of, again, one of my goals for this year, it has been reducing my uh, food waste. And with avocados, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, if uh, you buy them when they're too ripe, they go bad pretty quickly and you don't have time uh, to cook, cook them or use them, right? So we've shared this amazing avocado freezing hack uh so you go to our tiktok and reels and you'll find it there we had over almost 400 views so far between these two two videos uh in just like two days essentially right yeah i mean i think one of the things that's been really interesting to follow is how popular this video has been and how so many people didn't know you could do that myself included like yeah. i've put avocados in the uh, in the refrigerator before um but certainly i've never free uh, you know Put them in the freezer so that's super exciting <laughs> and yeah and that's again going back to the freezer is your best friend in terms of fighting yep. food waste right so like and i've said that on the podcast before so why didn't i freeze avocados before i don't know well i feel like there is a little bit of a um i don't know like a stigma associated with putting uh fresh fruits and You're vegetables right. in in the refrigerator like they don't it doesn't seem as fresh or something like that um especially if you go to like a farmer's market i feel like we all just kind of want them to sit on the counter uh, maybe we don't but i feel like i i kind of lean into that so yeah put your stuff in the fridge or the freezer and I mean, that's kind of how we got started talking about, av about avocados. But of course, Lisa and I are also millennials. So, you know, we're sort of duly required <laughs> to love avocado toast and, um, you know, eat a lot of avocados, drink a lot of wine and coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Great description of our generation. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's the oh, and apparently we part our hair on the what's the whole debate right now? The middle part versus the side oh, part. I, I don't know that whole debate. Yeah, okay. yeah, that that's going on right now. But I've been personally a side part girl for a while, but it's a quite a heated debate. Uh, anyway, so avocados, I think for a food that so many of us eat all the time, we don't know a ton about them, right? Like we're used to just kind of grabbing them at the grocery store. They're usually pretty expensive. So I would imagine that um, most people do stop and think about the price of the avocado before they put they it in do. their cart. But that's probably about it, right? Yeah, exactly. So why have avocados have grown so popular in recent years besides the millennial avocado toast trend? Yeah, I mean, I think in general, uh, we've seen such a, a trend in wellness and, you know, people mm -hmm. understanding that what they're choosing to put in their bodies relates to, you know, all sorts of things in their health. Um, and so avocados in particular are, are definitely classified as a superfood. Um, they carry a ton of vitamins. I mean, like vitamin C, K, mm -hmm. like vitamins you can't oftentimes find in, in other areas. 
Um, and they can improve your cholesterol, which is good. I mean, they got good cholesterol. Yeah, they have um, the good fatty acids, right? Is if that's, that's the right term. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and they're filling, right? Like they they have like a really good. Um, they're pretty like almost like a chameleon when you think about them cooking wise. Right? Exactly right. Because in terms of avocado, I I mean maybe some people love the flavor of avocado just by itself, but basically it, uh, as you said, it takes over any kind of um, uh, taste notes of whatever you you put with avocado. So yep. if you put salt or spice or if you put like cilantro right that's what you're doing with guacamole or even anything else in the salad or the smoothies you are putting yep. in it just absorbs and i guess highlights right that the taste notes of other things yeah no i i love using avocados in more savory things but i've heard of people putting them in smoothies i've done that before i don't know the texture to me was a little bit different but um you know i've heard so many really different creative ways to eat, to use and eat avocados so this is kind of why we wanted to get into it. We all eat, well, a lot of them eat them. Um, and actually, you know, we talked about the Super Bowl, but 7% of the United States annual avocado intake is correlated with the Super Bowl because of, of all the guacamole. Right? That's insane. 7% <laughs> of a yearly guacamole intake in one day. In one day. And uh, we also found a statistic that said from 2001 to 2018, um, a little under 20 years, the consumption of U.S. avocados per person has tripled. So wow. we, we love, love our yeah. <laughs> and yeah, talking about avocados and why it's becoming popular, there is also a shift towards veganism, right? We always talk about eating less meat, eating less dairy. You know, I personally, um, again, I'm guilty for avocado avocado toast. That is something I eat almost every morning with like an egg on the side. But it's basically in many d- dishes, it's kind of almost like a substitute for dairy products like cream cheese, right? So like whenever I don't have avocados, I'm like, well, I'll put cream cheese on my toast or just regular cheese or something like that but it's a more healthier and dairy-free for me at least substitute uh, for that's really interesting i mean i I know that people who are looking to do more vegan related uh diets obviously who aren't going to put cheese and butter and stuff like that it can be a really good substitute so Mm -hmm. yeah i mean we don't have to tell you listener about avocados uh, in terms of how to eat them you love them Um, my personal favorite use of an avocado other than guacamole um well this actually is guacamole but uh, (laughs) growing up i went to university of texas in austin there's a place there called kirby lane cafe it's an iconic institution in austin and they are the creators of uh, queso blanco as we know it in uh, Texas. So like a white queso, they kind of popularize that. But in the middle of it, they put a scoop of guacamole, which is so good. So you get like the warm guacamole and then you get the, uh, I'm sorry, the warm uh, queso. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then the the kind of the cool guacamole in the middle. It's so good. Oh, Oh. that's like, sometimes I miss Texas for that reason, (laughs) that queso. (laughs) Well, uh, let's talk about um, where they actually come from and where uh, most of avocados come from in the U.S. specifically. Yeah. Um, so I, I, as I looked into this, mm-hmm. uh, I knew that most of our avocados were coming from Mexico. Yep. But we do also consume, you know, a small amount um, of avocados from the United States, specifically from California and Florida. Um, there are, you know, we've probably all seen the advertisements from California Avocado. Um, I forget the, the Association, Avocado Association, yeah. you know, that'll be on TV frequently. Um, but truly, the bulk of them come from Mexico. And as a matter of fact, like in a half of the global avocados come from um, Mexico, specifically the do you know how to pronounce that, Lisa? Mijo, 
Michoacan, no, no, no. Michoacan state. No, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> well, I know that she's been to Oaxaca. Yeah, a few Oaxaca, times, so but maybe... this one is a Michoacan. No, I'm gonna. But hey, to... you said that better than okay. I would have done it. Right. So there we go. But the, the reason why we want to get into this is because um, there's a lot of impacts that avocados have, specifically the farming of them on Mexico um, mm. from an environmental perspective, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But it also means that the food miles, meaning, you know, the miles from between you and that food yep. are pretty high. Uh, when we think about, you know, just the overall impact um, of, of, the, of this fruit on the planet. And um, we found one statistic that avocados contribute, uh, looks like roughly 72, 72 million yep. uh, food miles to our planet. Wow. So that's a lot. Um, and it's, it's something worth considering while we eat them. Yeah, you know, I wanted to give a shout out to my my husband's family because I realized uh, that my uh, father-in-law he has avocados, an avocado farm in Morocco. Uh, obviously, here in the U.S., we don't get uh, avocados. That's from, cool. from Morocco. Thankfully, that's insane food miles, right? But yeah, I've been to the avocado farm. It's pretty impressive. But I don't know much about avocados, so that's Wait, why... Wait, so what happened when you went to the farm? Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, what, well, did you see any secrets happening there? No, not really. I mean, they were... I don't think when I was there, most of the times I've been in Morocco, it was kind of in winter, but they were already small avocados there it's pretty big farm i i have no idea what the, the actual size is but um yeah i mean he uh he decided he switched from growing bananas to avocados um very smart businessman my father-in-law is <laughs> because avocados started becoming so popular so yeah he sells them on the market um again i don't know the economics of uh you know the avocado pricing but yeah it's been a, a good business for for him and yeah i don't i don't know any other details it was cool that's it <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so yeah speaking about food miles we wanted to talk even more about the carbon footprint of an avocado so um on a there was a study done in 2017 and it found that just two avocados were found to release roughly 850 grams of carbon emissions in 2017. And that's not just because of the food miles um, associated with the avocados, but it's because the avocados actually need to be stored at a specific temperature yep. when they transport them, right? Um, and it also, uh, avocados require a ton of water uh, to be farmed. And mm -hmm. so, you know, this is going to, you know, it, it takes a lot of energy um, it takes a lot of water uh, to, to produce avocados. And, you know, actually in 2020, uh, we, we, there was 9.5 billion liters of water used on a daily basis for avocado production. Wow. Like, yeah. We have all of this number. That's good to know, yeah. right? I'm like, oh, Lisa, maybe you should slow down on your avocado toast every morning. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that yeah. at the end of the episode around what you can do. The The purpose of this episode is to, is less about like um, a bunch of negative yeah. stuff about avocados or not eating them. But I think we wanted to just be a little bit more mindful Aware. about what goes in into, into creating an avocado. Yeah, so let's talk about, you know, we've talked about water and uh, it's a very kind of interconnected issue with deforestation as well, right? So taking this large amount of water into consideration, avocado production can lead to soil degradation, sprouting from large droughts. Like, for example, yeah, like it's interesting that my, my father-in-law grows avocado in Morocco, which is, it's not like, it's not a rainforest by, uh, by Exactly, anything, yeah. Right? So that's uh, that probably has a negative impact on the environment. Um, and they require a lot of light to grow, right? Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. So they're, you know, they are a light intensive crop. And so oftentimes in order to grow them, much like 
all other crops, um, trees have to be cut down to be able to to clean, you know, they're cut down, they're cleared to make room for this rising demand of avocado crops. And I talked about Mexico earlier, and specifically, um, that region in Mexico is facing a lot of natural um, sort of uh, disruption because of the popularity of avocados. There's, you know, deforestation happening, um, the natural resources are sort of being abused in a, in a way to continue to grow all these avocados. So it's something that's worth keeping in mind, especially when we can, you know, want to find the cheapest avocado because that's what we're oftentimes looking for, exactly. right? They're, um, they're expensive to begin with. We look for the cheapest one. Um, you know, if it's coming from Mexico, there are definitely these concerns to think about. This episode is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles, a company with a punny name but a seriously sustainable mission to make better bedding for everyone. We started partnering with Sheets and Giggles earlier this year, and the positive reviews from our community keep coming in. I've been on a hunt for sustainable bedding for a long time now until Brightly actually recommended Sheets and Giggles. I would highly recommend. The material is great. Uh, I personally tend to get hot at night and my boyfriend tends to get cold. So it definitely serves as a happy medium. Highly recommend. I also get hot at night and I found that after sleeping with Sheets and Giggles moisture wicking sheets over the past few months, I can't remember the last time I woke up overheated. I love my Sheets and Giggles sheets. They're my absolute favorite. Not only because they're super duper soft, but they are sustainably and ethically made out of eucalyptus. Yep, I love that our scout Ashley called out how soft the sheets and giggle sheets are. Plus, the eucalyptus that is in their 400 thread count sheets is grown without insecticides or pesticides. They also just launch a bunch of new colors and I can't choose between navy blue and red. Help me! Sheets and Giggles bedding is super lightweight and soft, and they really nail it on zero-waste packaging. We recommend Sheets and Giggles for the softest, most sustainable sleep out there. Good Together listeners get 15% off at checkout by using the code BRIGHTLYECO at SheetsGiggles.com. Oh my god, Laura, I just had my favorite vegan lunch ever. It was a green Thai curry. That sounds amazing, but what's your secret? I feel like plant-based meals have always been a pipe dream for me. I've been trying to cut down on my meat consumption, but I really don't have time to think up and prepare filling, tasty vegan meals. Same here. I've been participating in a vegan cooking challenge with the Bridley community, and I feel like I've totally failed. Seriously. <laughs> I feel like I've learned so many more meatless recipes this year, but when it comes to vegan cooking, I'm still very much intimidated. So when Thistle reached out to us, it was the perfect timing. Thistle's plant-forward meals are seriously tasty and are delivered ready to go on your doorstep. Right now, they're just on the West Coast, but they're adding more locations. Anyway, I was really surprised at how filling and super creative the meals are. The spices and the sauces they include are really unique and tasty. I loved how fresh everything was as well, given that it's mostly vegetable-based. Laura, I know both you and I love to cook, especially during the pandemic, but it's been a great addition to our weekly routines. It's a quick alternative to take-out lunches between Zoom calls. Absolutely. Thistle is plant-based eating on autopilot. You don't even have to think about it, and bam, you're eating better for the planet. Good Together listeners can get $100 off with the code BRIGHTLY at thistle.co. That's T-H-I-S-T-L-E dot co. 
it's interesting to talk about an avocado specifically, right? Or any, like, when we're talking about, you know, farming and producing food or different plants, we usually, at least, like, the how I used to think about that, we're just kind of com- grouping everything together or farming is intensive on uh, on the environment, right? Or, um, or growing anything requires different resources or a lot of water or whatnot. But it's actually not true for, not true for every plant. So the fact that avocado right. requires us to cut down trees, that's a huge impact, but not every fruit or plant requires that. And uh, that reminded me of the documentary, the latest documentary by Sir at, uh, David Adam. Borough on it's on Netflix original. Uh, it's heartbreaking documentary, but it's what's really, it called? Do you remember? I'm forgetting if you okay. want, uh, but uh, latest one is basically he talks about his entire career, like back from what 1950s or so, right? And how he shows different segments of his travels and how during his his lifetime some forests some islands just completely changed in terms of the environment there is a specific region I, I i think he talked about palm oil and how like regular rainforests are just being cut down completely because they have to grow palm trees in there and that's kind of reminded me a little bit with the situation with avocado when you need to uh, cut down native trees and plants. Uh, That is really, really bad for the environment. Yeah. And just like we talk about shopping with your values, you can kind of apply different values to, you know, food shopping and thinking about the different impacts that fruits and vegetables can have. So Lisa just talked about, you know, deforestation and, you know, that part of the environmental equation. You can also think about the carbon footprint like we just talked about and really choose to only pick things close to home. Um, But another thing that's interesting is also water, like we talked about. And uh, the New York Times did a fascinating infographic-related article that talked about the different amounts of water required to produce vegetables. And they did this um, to coincide with reporting on the California droughts. Mm. So we'll link to that in the show notes. I loved it, but they... um, For an avocado, they said it takes 4.1 gallons of water to just produce a tiny slice of an avocado, which is crazy. Yeah, and that's the California avocado. So it's possible it it varies um, based on region. The one thing I was like, I was like, why didn't they just talk about the whole avocado yeah. but i don't know i, I don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i just looked up quickly a life on our planet that's the okay. documentary uh the latest 2020 film by david attenborough uh I'm, yeah just google him if you guys don't know him i'm sure you know uh but like his career is just so impressive um just a side note that's awesome yeah so in terms of what we need to do to kind of move forward yes. so i mean first of all there are definite changes that need to happen in the farming community. Absolutely. Um, so farmers can start to hop on the renewable energy trend um, and, you know, use solar powered pumps to irrigate fields rather than powering them with diesel generators, right? That increases Absolutely. the carbon footprint of those avocados. Um, they can also, uh, you know, attempt to not cut down and deforest regions as much. They can have more high efficiency related farming um, to help with that. Um, you know, and they can, there's of course a ton of really negative things that happen in the farming industrial complex, like use of, um, you know, harmful pesticides, um, you know, you over usage of water, um, you know, by not oftentimes there's not a a precise way that people are watering. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of waste runoff there. So certainly, um, the farming, uh, you know, that the farming areas where all of this starts, 
Uh, we can, you know, choose to support farmers that do things a little bit differently. Um, and therefore, you know, the price, of, uh, yeah, the price and of yeah. course regulation, right? Like we talk yes. about this in almost every uh, podcast, like the governments of the places around, you know, the avocado farming need to come up with regulations to prevent some of this damaging environmental impact that comes out of, uh, you know, the overall farming and of course, avocado farming in general. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked about, you know, what farming industry needs to do, what changes they need to do. Of course, regulation by the government and local governments is super important, but what can we do as consumers to to help, right? I mean, again, yeah. we're not saying that you have to stop eating avocados completely. Uh, they, they are not as sustainable as we thought before this episode, right? But, you know, the truth uh, is that meat is still the most environmentally damaged, damaging food product. So don't feel bad if you're eating more avocados, but eating less meat, right, Laura? Yep. And there was this quote I found when we yeah. were researching this that I thought was really interesting. So this is from Joseph Poor. He's a researcher at the University of Oxford who studies the environmental impacts of food. And he says, nothing really compares to beef, lamb, pork, and dairy. These products are in a league of their own in the level of damage they typically do to the environment on almost every environmental issue we track. But it's essential to be mindful about everything we consume. Air-transported fruits and vegetables can create more greenhouse gas emissions per, per kilogram than poultry meat, for example. So- you know, I love this quote from from uh, yeah. Joseph because I feel like it very much encapsul- encapsulates what we say on this podcast every episode. You know, it's it's not a clear cut answer. Um, you know, meat, uh, as we know, as it comes to land and water re- resource usage, is still the most in- environmentally damaging food yeah. product, like Lisa just said. But it doesn't mean that. Um, eating all meat is bad. It doesn't mean that eating avocados is bad, but there's other things that we can do to potentially mitigate, um, you know, mitigate the the impact. I mean, first you could eat less avocados if you don't want to make it a daily habit, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, or eat closer to home, right? That's that's. Yes. I think whenever we're talking about like food sustainable food choices, eating locally is. I think um, I know you've interviewed uh, recently Lisa Health, uh, um, and I just like I'm always fascinated about this topic, and there is so many subtopics within this right food and sustainability realm. But for me, uh, eating. Um, less meat first right but also eating locally is probably one of the most sustainable things sustainable uh, behavioral changes you can do right yes absolutely and i mean you can actually try to grow your own avocados speaking I of like try that yeah i mean speaking of uh, viral social posts yeah. i think one of our first posts on instagram that did really well was oh, um and we'll yes. we'll link to it in the show notes but it was a it's a Picture. beautiful sort of mm-hmm. lifestyle image of someone who has taken avocado seeds. And, um, you know, there's a process you have to kind of follow to get them to sprout, but they've got them all lined up beautifully on their um, on their shelf. And so you can literally take the seed and use it to create an avocado tree. Um, there's also specifically, um, you know, I suppose, uh, bread uh, varieties of avocado trees for in-home use, which is interesting. Oh, so you'll very- see those. Uh-huh. You can see them at the at Home Depot and places like that sometimes. Um, but you can also order them online. Um, and you can get like avocado indoor avocado trees. 
just that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, that is fascinating. I didn't even know that it's uh, different kinds of uh, avocado uh, trees. But I think in the we kind of started the episode with this. The main thing is don't waste your avocado, right? Uh, and I think yeah. this is why the video that we posted a couple of days ago about the avocado freezing tip, uh, which literally will uh, pro, uh, will you will be able to keep your avocado pretty much fresh. You can freeze it for a few months. Um, you know, food waste, right? Food waste, food waste. That's one. Um, I know we had a whole episode with Sophie Egan. I don't remember the statistics, but food waste has incredible uh, amount of negative environmental um, effects. Uh, and, and I think the main one is that food waste, uh, it releases carbon emissions too, right? Exactly. And I mean, the other thing that, that I always find just so interesting to think about is this is a mindset shift, right? We have all come from a land of abundance, cheap clothing, cheap food, cheap everything for the longest time. And so we are just used to having unlimited things at our disposal, literally. So we have gotten over, um, you know, thinking that food waste is a big deal. And it really, it really is a big deal. And actually I was watching, it's not Bridgerton. It was like, (laughs) I have watched Bridgerton, but it's like one of these like period pieces. And, Mm -hmm. um, Back in the day, a pineapple oftentimes was used as a very fancy display at the homes of people kind of, I believe it's in the Victorian area, but Uh don't quote me on that, Um, because pineapples back then were very rare. They only came from certain parts of the climate. um, And they they were just literally, people loved the pineapple so much, they put them on their dining table. They would display them and then finally they would eat them. But oftentimes they would display them for so long that they'd actually go bad, which Mm. is yuck. But the reason why I bring that up is because they had such like a respect for the pineapple, right? Like they were like, this is, this is pretty good. Like we should treat this really nicely. So I think about that, like, let's maybe think about these more exotic fruits that we have now come to think of as commonplace as, you know, special. And let's make sure that we do things like freeze them. Um, we, we put lemon, you know, you can also drizzle lemon um, over your avocados before you store them to keep them from going brown. Yes, uh, we can also that. get over the the oog factor with the brown. I know it doesn't look that good, but it usually tastes just fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, again, this is a mindset uh, change, right? But uh, like I wanted to mention, like whenever I show like my avocado toast to my mom, they always, uh, and she lives in Russia, you know, for them, uh, I mean, even for us, avocados are expensive, but it's also like even between countries, we have completely different relationship with food and expectations, what we can get and uh, during which seasons, how much we are paying for, um, you know, pretty exotic things to be getting and eat, being able to eat like avocado in the middle of winter, right? Yeah, absolutely. So this is this kind of concludes our quick little snack of an avocado episode. You know, <laughs> I, you know I, had to, I had to end with a silly pun. But, you know, Lisa and I are always really hopeful that with more conscious consumers will come more um, eyes on these problems, right? So laws and regulations uh, relating to the farming, like we mentioned. Um, maybe we can come up with more certifications for avocados and you know, these eco certifications can help, um, you know, really educate us and inspire us. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to talk more about avocados, don't forget, we do have uh, our own exclusive uh, pilot version of the Brightly app where we have 
over 6,000 of our um, ambassadors and users chatting with each other. If you have amazing avocado recipes, amazing avocado saving tips, or anything else within the realm of conscious consumerism, uh, make sure to check, uh, check it out, download it, and tell us uh, how you like it. Yeah. I mean, and the conversations happening on the app are amazing. And I always like to tell listeners, like the reason why we created the app was for you. Like we, you guys probably know, Brightly started as this podcast, like Good Together was really the the very first um, inklings of what Brightly, our, our company is becoming. And so everything that we do is in service of you, our community. We're so excited to continue to scale this year and beyond. Um, and thank you so much for joining us. It's, it's been a great episode. And thank you, Lisa. Now I yeah. think I'm going to go have some avocado. It's about yeah. snack time. Yep. See you. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Good Together. As always, you can get show notes and explore lots more content related to all things eco-friendly living by checking out brightly.eco slash podcast. And don't forget to join in on the conversation that's happening on our Facebook group. Simply search Good Together Ethical Shopping and it'll come up. You can also leave us a question through voicemail. The link is on brightly.eco slash podcast. If you're into social media, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and all of the channels. Our username is brightly.eco. Finally, we want to leave you with a reminder. Every day is a chance for you to create change, and you're already covered for today since you joined us here on the podcast. Stay kind and live brightly.